you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. Welcome to this weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind. My name is Doug Parker, and we are answering your listener questions today. We always enjoy when Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network drops by to answer a couple of listener questions. If you have a listener question, drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. If I can't answer them, I will find an expert who can, like Nancy. Hey there. Thanks, Doug. It's always great to be here. Ready for the first one? Absolutely. The first one is from Shelly. We have a cruise booked for 2022, and it's our first time traveling with a toddler. My husband and I are going back and forth about booking a balcony because we aren't sure how to keep it secure, and we're scared he might wander out the door. Any suggestions? Shelly, I can totally understand your concern. Balconies have lots of benefits. They've got gorgeous views, ocean breezes. They're also a great spot for staying close when you're watching a napping toddler. On the other hand, I understand how, you know, balconies can make some parents of little ones like yourself nervous. Um, I'm not sure what ship you're on, but, you know, really, the childproof doors on balcony staterooms are very heavy, which makes them extremely tough for a toddler to open. And they usually have a childproof lock high up as well. Um, I would suggest talking with your cruise line or travel agent to find out the specifics of your balcony stateroom and see if that information reassures you. Um, if you get a balcony, certainly reinforce with your toddler that they're not allowed to be out on the balcony without mom or dad, and you'll move the furniture all the way to the back anyway. Balconies are generally over 42 inches tall and covered with solid plexiglass, so there aren't any openings for toddlers to get through. But the bottom line is, if having a balcony stateroom is something that's going to make you anxious and worried constantly, then I would book an ocean view stateroom or another option without a balcony. Some ships have staterooms with floor-to-ceiling windows, which are gorgeous. And as much as I love balconies, they're not worth it if you're going to be worried all the time. Yeah. point of your vacation is to relax and enjoy time together. So do what's best for you. Marcus has the next one. Our daughter has a gluten allergy, and we are concerned about the main dining room. Is there a way to either A, advise the cruise line in advance, B, speak with the chef, or C, and hopefully all of the above? Hi, Marcus. One of our daughters has a gluten allergy, too, so I completely understand what you're going through. We actually found cruising to be one of the most stress-free ways to travel with her. Um, it's definitely important to advise the cruise line of the gluten allergy at the time that you're making the reservation, either directly or through your travel agent. Typically, you'll fill out a form with specific information about your daughter's special dietary needs, and then just double-check to make sure that information is included in your booking. Some cruise lines have sort of a special diets department, so you might be in touch with them as well. Once you're on board, talk with the main dining room maitre d' and make sure he or she is aware of your daughter's gluten allergy. And also ask the maitre d' to speak with the chef to coordinate how your daughter's needs will be accommodated. Many of the cruise lines we sailed with will have you pre-order your gluten-free meals a day in advance. Also, at every meal, just remind your servers about your daughter's gluten allergy so they are aware. You might want to print out the, one of the food allergy cards to give to your servers on board and at dining places ashore just in case. You can find food allergy cards online at the Food Allergy Research and Education website. And in addition, you might want to bring some gluten-free snacks with you on board just in case and check with your cruise line to see what's allowed with those. So it's pretty much, I mean, I don't have any allergies. So if 
I, I could arrange this through the cruise line if I was sailing or Marcus for his, his son or daughter. Um, right. And they would be in contact. And once you're on the ship, you would just be in this constant contact and kind of ordering in advance just to kind of recap, correct? Yeah. Okay. But, okay, Doug, just I'm, I'm telling you what my experience has been, and it's been great. I've never mm-hmm. had a problem with it. Other okay. people have told me that sometimes they'll fill out all the forms, they'll put it in the record, and then when they get on board, nobody's ever heard about it. So that's yeah. why I'm saying go, you know, talk with the Mater D, bring the cards with you, whatever, because sometimes things slip through the cracks, and even though, you know, it's been a problem, you know, it hasn't been a problem in the past for one cruise, it might turn out to be a problem. What they'll do is they'll, again, I've never had a problem. People who've had a problem have said when that happens, they create the gluten-free meals, but that it's just really important to check as soon as you get on board and continue to do that with the, with the wait staff, especially if you're in one of these situations where you don't have the same wait staff every night. Julie has the next question. We are sailing to the Western Caribbean from Galveston next Christmas, and we're looking for something to do with our two young children. I've read that some of the all-inclusive resorts aren't too kid-friendly, and we'd also like to respect the adults that are going for peace and quiet. Do you have any suggestions? Well, I'm actually a big fan of Cozumel's Beach Clubs for families with kids. They're a great option for families looking for a nice beach experience, along with extra great amenities like lounge chairs, shady palapas and beach cabanas, pools and splash pads for kids, food and drinks, and some of them have all-inclusive packages. They also have free Wi-Fi activities and more. Beach clubs vary, and they have a variety of different amenity packages that you can buy or you can pay as you go. We usually go to Paradise Beach Club when we're in Cozumel, but families also like Mr. Sancho's Beach Club as well. When we've been there, uh, Paradise Beach Club and Mr. Sancho's were, I believe, about a 10 to 20-minute cab ride from Cozumel's cruise ports, depending on the traffic and where your ship was located. Um, another great family option is Chankanab National Park. That's one of the top attractions in Cozumel, and it's usually offered as a short excursion by many of the cruise lines and private groups. Uh, the park has a great beach, plus it has nice amenities like bathroom showers, beach chairs, umbrellas, and more. They have sea lion and crocodile exhibits there, a swimming pool. And the great thing is with kids, you'll likely spot some iguanas too. Um, lunch is usually is included as part of the shore excursions. And if either of you are parents or snorkelers, that's great at check Jenkinab as well. Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network. Thank you. Oh, it's great being with you, Doug. Always happy to help. Fielding our next batch of questions is Sherry Griffiths from CruiseTipsTV.com and the YouTube channel, CruiseTipsTV. Hello, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Good to be here. Yeah. Tiffany has two questions about your recent interview on Cruise Radio about your Yacht Club experience on MSC Maravilla. She's actually doing Yacht Club on Seaside. And her first question says, how do we tip the butler in the Yacht Club? Great question, Tiffany. It's just like any other cruise. It's completely discretionary. So your service charges will be charged to your room, just like a normal cruise. So you get to choose if you would like to tip your butler or your concierge or even the waiters on top of that. Now, I have read that people will generally slip a little extra cash to their butler at the end of the cruise, usually somewhere from $20 to $100. But again, It's not required, and it's totally a personal decision. Okay, so it's just like, say, we're booking a cruise on Norwegian or Royal Caribbean, where it's that $13.50 or $15 per day. Same type of structure up there as well? 
Yep. Same type of structure right now. It's 1250 per adult per night and mm-hmm. 625 per kid, but the price is going up, I believe summer 2021 to something like $14 per day per adult. Wow. That's a lot cheaper than like NCLs of the Haven. Right. Yeah, it is. Wow. Okay. Her second question says, does the thermal suite come with the yacht club experience or if not, how is the experience in the spa on MSC? Tiffany, it does. The the spa, the thermal spa comes with the experience and the Aria experience and the Yacht Club. And on Seaside, you are in for a treat. Make sure that you check out the snow room, all of the shower experiences and all of the sauna type experiences. It is absolutely wonderful. And also, they have some fantastic treatments on MSC. Seaside and Maravilia actually have wonderful hair salons. So you might want to consider shaking it up a little bit, getting a cut or just getting styled. Their prices are very reasonable and it's a ton of fun to just try a new hairstylist. And I also highly recommend the Balinese massage. Have you ever, I can't do massages on ships. I'm just too ticklish in general, but have you ever (laughs) done a pedicure on a ship? I have. I generally don't do them too much because I find them to be super overpriced, but it is a nice treat to do it like on day one so that your, you know, your toes look fabulous for the rest of the cruise. So I got to tell you, and my friends were laughing at me, but I had a spa credit with Carnival for my birthday. I think it was last year. Yeah, it had to be last summer. And uh, I got a pedicure for the first time in my life. And holy crap, that was amazing. You liked it. It didn't tickle? Not at all. And my toes were probably the cleanest they've been my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. Yeah, they really spoil you on a ship. You've got the the warm water and the massage and getting your cuticles all cleaned up. It's wonderful, even for guys. I will say, though, if I didn't have the spa credit, um, I don't know if I would have done it. It was like $75 just for the pedicure, which you can get them on land. I did them after a mud run once last year, and it was like $25 on land against $75 on the ship. But, you know, they have a captive audience, so whatever. Yeah, and those birthday credits are really generous, too. It's It's a good idea to take advantage of those when you have them. We did that for my son one year. We actually got him a pedicure for the first time, (laughs) but he was too ticklish and he couldn't handle it. So they had to stop the massage and just put his feet in the, in the water and clean up his toes. But he was giggling the whole time. My next big step is going to put my feet in the water with the fish and let them bite the dead skin or whatever it is off them. You know, you're like in Cozumel, right? And yes, yes. yeah. We did it in Cabo San Lucas Mm -hmm. and in, I want to say, too, in Cancun. And I think it's really fun. It's one of those things, though, where once you do it once, the novelty kind of wears off. And then you're thinking, okay, that's kind of gross because everybody's sticking their feet (laughs) in the same pool of water with a fish. (laughs) But it is fun. It's one of those been there, done that. Just say you did it. Check it off the list and move on, right? You bet. All right. I've been talking with Sherry Griffiths from Cruise Tips TV. You can find her on YouTube. Also, cruisetipstv.com. Sherry, thanks again for coming on. And uh, thanks again for sharing your review a couple of weeks ago of MSC Maravilla. I sure appreciate it. My pleasure. And I hope Tiffany has a wonderful spa experience and a great cruise. Fielding the next round of questions is Tommy Casabona, host of the Always Be Booked podcast. Hey, Tommy. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. You're down there in South Florida, and these two questions are all about South Florida. So you are the perfect guy to answer these. Let's do it. All right. The first one comes from Mark. What is the best hotel location if we're looking for Fort Lauderdale nightlife while remaining on a budget? We'd ideally like to be no further than 15 minutes from the cruise port. Okay. Well, I guess that's sort of a subjective question because the 15-minute thing, not really a problem. But basically, when you're talking about hotels and you're talking about Port Everglades, you have three options. 
you're going to talk about Fort Lauderdale Beach. And on Fort Lauderdale Beach, you'll have hotel options that are kind of nice. They are beachy hotels, but you'll have, you know, a nice set of restaurants kind of across the water. Uh, you'll have options like the Hilton Fort Lauderdale. You'll have the Westin, the W, uh, the Bahamar. Uh, my favorite over there is the Ritz Carlton because it's got a really, really nice pool area. We can kind of go up, have some drinks while you're overlooking the beach. Beautiful, beautiful place to hang out. Um, and in that same area, if you're talking about nightlife, it's a lot of kind of come as you are type of a feel. It's got the elbow room, uh, legendary historic place on the corner of Las Olas and uh, A1A. You also have rock bar kind of sitting cocktails on the beach, uh, sandbar as well. These are the types of places. Pretty casual. You also have your casual eateries where you can drink too, Bubba Gumps, Lulu's Bait Shack, Hooters. Look for a place uh, called Beach Place. It's a multi-level kind of entertainment area. So, I mean, that's a good a good option for you to kind of hang out and uh, watch the world go by. Um, then you also have the 17th Street Corridor. And that, as far as if you're talking about strictly hotels, that's the best spot if you want to have optimal, I guess, geographical location to the cruise port. You have places like the Renaissance, the Holiday Inn Express is there, Embassy Suites. And my personal favorite there is the Hilton Marina. In that, in regards to the nightlife, you're going to have to get in a cab and you probably want to head out to the Las Olas Strip uh, for eating and early happy hour type stuff. You have Rocco's Tacos, Big City Tavern, Del Frisco's, which is a steakhouse. And then if you want to get into that late night action, you have places like American Social, a really fun bar, and a clubby style type of place called YOLO. It's sort of like a blue martini type of an atmosphere. Um, or go check out the Wharf. There's an outdoor place that they just put up there, eating, drinking on the water. They call it the Wharf. It's kind of one of the hotter spots right now and then you also have dania beach dania beach is south it's just north of hollywood florida uh, most of the hotels there people like them because they're very very budget friendly so you have like a comfort inn holiday Inn express there as well wyndham garden true by hilton a lot of those hotels are up along that um, us1 federal highway scene um there's a lot of boardwalk restaurants and bars right there that you can go probably till 10 or 11 o'clock till, uh, like 5 o'clock somewhere bar, Land Shark. I mean, you'll really feel at home. It'll feel like you're on a, on a cruise. And then later on, late night, you can go a little bit west of that. You'll have, uh, you know, you have places like the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino and then a whole bunch of bar restaurants and nightclubs up and down the Hollywood Boulevard Strip. So like I said, it's a little bit tough to kind of pick one of those areas because they're all within 15 minutes or so. And they're all very, very good options. It just depends on what you're looking for is all. Yeah, the best thing about Fort Lauderdale is you're never really more than a 10 to $15 Uber ride away from anything. Exactly, exactly. They know what you're doing down there. It's very, very well set up. The cruise industry is such a huge, has such a huge economical impact in that area. And they know, you know, you're getting these Ubers and some of these, you know, ride share programs they know that you're here for a cruise a lot of times and you know they'll 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 put you in the right direction as well so don't hesitate to ask a local james has the next question we are considering flying into west palm beach and taking the train down to fort lauderdale would that be worth exploring it's 300 dollars cheaper for our family to fly into west palm beach instead of fort lauderdale yes yes and yes if you have a 300 dollar difference a hundred percent i would say i get this question a lot a lot of people want to figure out if it's worth flying into pbi uh it is if you are i would say the hundred dollars would probably be i guess the the mendoza line there 
under a hundred bucks difference, you might be able to, you know what, hundred bucks, the whole hassle and everything like that, you know. But for three hundred bucks, it's a no-brainer, and you do have a couple of options. So, first of all, you can take the Uber. The Uber will probably be, I would say, probably about thirty-eight to forty bucks. And if you wanted to go the train route, you could do that as well. Uh, of course, you're going to have to take the Uber from the airport to the location of the train, and those two options are the tri-rail. Now, the tri-rail, I mean, a couple of dollars, that's it. It's going to be under $10 tops, and you uh, will have to deal with a few more stops. Uh, the, can, the, the, the accommodations will say they're a little bit more rustic. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily state-of-the-art. It's If South Florida had a subway system, that would be the tri-rail, but it, it gets the job done. Don't get me wrong. The other... And a little bit more modern option is the Brightline. And the Brightline is a beautiful state-of-the-art facility. I'm talking about the terminals themselves, the trains themselves. You really feel like you're you're, you're kind of traveling high class. It's probably going to be about what is it, 20, 20 bucks or so. That's probably where it is. I don't know if it's – let's try to figure it out. I think it's 20 bucks. And uh, you will have first-class accommodations. Uh, you'll have onboard drinks if you want them obviously you have to purchase them you just feels really clean and comfortable and the best part about that is that it's direct one stop you're right there and it's right in that 25 minutes to a half hour range from west palm beach to fort lauderdale and then yes of course you probably have to get the uber or the cab or whatever transportation from the train station to the hotel but if you're talking about that much money it's a no-brainer at 300 bucks yeah, I was going to say, for $300, for sure, I mean, a little bit extra logistics probably there between jumping between Ubers and whatever, $300 is $300. No doubt about it. Tommy, thanks for dropping by, buddy. Thank you, Doug. All right, that'll do it for this weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind. A big thank you to Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network, Sherry Griffiths from Cruise Tips TV, both the YouTube channel and CruiseTipsTV.com, and my buddy Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked podcast. Don't forget Cruise Radio News Briefs seven days a week. You can find them just opposite of this channel by searching Cruise Radio News. There you'll get the daily three things you need to know. With that said, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Protect yourselves and your neighbors. Stay safe and take care. During these difficult times for the travel industry, Cruise Radio stands behind the men and women who work so hard to bring our vacation dreams to life. From the captains and crew to travel agents, tour operators, vendors, and port employees, we offer a sincere thank you on behalf of the thousands of guests whose lives you impact each and every day. 